Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Today, as Christians, we are conformed to society. Over time, by multiple methods, society has conformed us to itself. And it says Christians is being set apart for Christ and being set apart for the gospel and living for Christ. We've conformed ourselves to society and it's affected the way that we live. You may say, how is that? How is it? How has it affected the way that we live? Well, as Christians now, we don't push back like we should on things that deteriorate people from the gospel. Things that are evil and wicked in the sight of the Lord. Christians today are saying, yes, I support that. We support things in culture and society that are totally unrelated to the gospel and actually drive people away from the church and away from the gospel. And it's because we've been conformed to society and not transforming it. As Christians, we're called to transform the world for Christ, not conform to society. So you may ask, well, I'm conformed to society. How do I change that? Tonight we're going to talk about how to unconform to society and then how to transform the world for Christ. And it starts with a re-examination of our lives. Today's passage is in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 23. It says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes, or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the deceased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a deceased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of the lawlessness. Tonight we're going to learn unconforming to be transformative. If you would, bow with me and pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today to read more about your word, to learn the truth that lies in front of us, Lord. We ask that we're not just hearers of the word tonight, but we apply this word to our lives and we're doers of the word as well. That we leave this church changed. That we're set apart for you. That we don't conform to society. We break apart from society. We're set apart for you. And that we leave this church and we transform the world for you. That we're bold and confident as Christians. We're not afraid or scared. We take chances, Lord, and that we honor you in our actions, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. That we have a real relationship with you. Not one that just looks good, but one that's actually real. That we come to you with our problems. We come to you with our triumphs, Lord. And we praise you for the good and praise you for the bad, Lord. 
that we have a real relationship. Let us learn how to have that real relationship tonight and for us to leave having that. In your name I pray, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So first, if we're going to unconform to society, we have to learn how society has conformed us to itself. Well, first, society has conformed us by promoting evil as good. Today in society, we have horror movies all the time. I think in the last two months, eight gigantic major picture horror movies have been produced. As Americans, as Christians, we love horror movies. We desire the evil. Now, is that scriptural? I don't think so. Why do we desire to watch horror movies and things that um, do not promote Christ at all? As Christians, we're called to not fear, to be bold and to not fear. So why are we trying to scare ourselves? Horror movies, haunted houses, Halloween just happened. We support things as Christians that are not biblical and that deteriorate people from the gospel. If Christians, if people that are non-Christians get the idea that Christians are always fearful, then why would you want to be a Christian? As Christians were called to be confident in the gospel and unfearful. So we have to push back when society says haunted houses and horror movies and things of the demonic are positive. Because it's not. Because what we bring into our minds affects the way that we live. In Romans 12 too, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you may discern what God's will is. His good, perfect, and pleasing will. It starts with renewing your mind. So what you take in comes out. So if you're bringing in things that cause fear or things that are not holy and not pleasing to God, because society's going to push that upon us and say that's good, that evil is positive, we should, we should encourage that, then eventually our actions will follow as well. And your actions become your lifestyle, and your lifestyle is who you are. So if you want to change the way you're living, it starts with what you take in and what you're viewing. Um, one thing also as well is these horror movies and what society throws at us, it appears that evil is stronger than good. And if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. The Holy Spirit is stronger than any demonic force, any evil force out there. And so we should not fear evil or the demonic or any of that kind of thing because the Holy Spirit is stronger than all of that. But as Christians today, I'm not sure if we really believe that. Also, children under the age of 14, they watch these horror movies and are exposed to this evil in the world. They have a higher chance of having anxiety in adulthood. So what it's saying is society starts them off young. Society starts with kids. And grows them up in the way they want them to grow up. And then when they become adults, they're fearful, have anxiety, they're conformed to the world, and it's harder to break it. So as Christians, we have to approach the young and the youth and really minister to them well for the gospel. Because if we let them be and let society conform them, when they're an adult, it's harder to change. And we also wonder why people act like villains and, and psychopaths happen. Why do people go into theaters and churches and shoot up places? It's because in these movies, the villains are like praised as superheroes. And so somebody in society that's not popular and doesn't have a good standing says, hey, if I become a villain, I'll be popular. Society will like me. And so they have this mindset because what they take in controls their actions. And then they go out and do something stupid. And we wonder why it's happened. It's because we've let as Christians society conform us in this way. 
The next thing is society conforms us by culture. So what I want us to do right now is I want us all to close our eyes. I want you to close your eyes. In a moment, I'm going to say a word to you. And just let your mind go free. The first word that pops into your head, hold on to it. The first thought that pops into your head, hold on to it. The word is Christmas. Can okay, I open your eyes? Now, the first word you thought of was not Jesus' birth. It was Santa Claus or lights or Christmas movies. You've been conformed to society. Because society conforms us by culture. Society conforms us by promoting the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, lights, ornaments, that kind of deal. Is That's Christmas. That's Easter. And as Christians today, we get that in our head that that's what Christmas and Easter is. And so when someone says Christmas or Easter, we don't think about Christ's birth or Christ raising from the dead. We think about something totally opposite, something society has conformed us to. As a church body, we haven't pushed back on that stuff enough. We haven't said that, hey, that's not biblical. That's not, that's not what we're promoting. And as our kids, when kids wake up on Christmas morning, a lot of them aren't thinking, oh, Jesus was born today. They think, what did I get from Santa Claus? Or let me look at the Christmas tree or Christmas movies. Now, some of that stuff's not bad, but if that's what their thought is on Christmas, then we've kind of failed as society and as a church on really promoting what Christmas and Easter is. Our sacred holidays as Christians, we've lost because society has conformed us in this way. Um, in Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Society does this, we as Christians do not. Society trains up our kids and our youth in the way they want them to be as adults. They don't want them to know the truth about Christ. They don't want them to know the truth about Christmas and Easter. And so when you go into Dollar General or Walmart on the Christmas aisle, all you see is um, Santa Claus and ornaments and Christmas trees. You don't see crosses. You don't see things that are Christian. Because they want, they want kids to have that image in their head so when they're an adult, they go to office Christmas parties, not church. They go to things that are not biblical. As Christians, we have to train up our children and our youth in the way they should go and teach them the truth about our sacred days as Christians. Um, so now that we know how society has conformed us as Christians, now we have to know how to unconform to society. And how we unconform to society is having a real relationship with Christ. So right now I'm going to tell you guys a story about a couple named John and Jill. And I think you're going to understand how it relates back in the end. So John was a construction worker. He attended Maple First Baptist Church and had a high standing among the members he saw every Sunday. He was, re he was well represented uh, good praise from the congregation at that church. Jill worked as a teacher and taught the kids at the church. She had a high reputation on Sundays and the day she went to church, and the people in the congregation loved Jill. So John and Jill were viewed highly by the people at their church. Now one day at a random coffee shop, John and Jill meet each other. They hit it off really well. They have great conversations. Chemistry is awesome. And so John... Uh, seeing this, doesn't want to let Jill go. So he asked her on a date for next week. 
She says yes, and they go on this date. Again, they hit it off well. They have great chemistry, um, cracking jokes, um, and they have a good relationship in that way. So John asked Jill to be his girlfriend. She says yes. But then John tells her some kind of concerning news. He says, because I work construction, I can only see you about two days a week for a few hours. And the rest of the week, I can't see you at all, and I can't call you on the phone because I'm working from real early in the morning till late at night. So Jill, kind of taken back by this, um, she likes John a lot, so she says, okay, I guess I'll deal with that, and dates John. So they, all, they go on dating for months, and uh, they see each other about once or twice a week for a few hours, and it goes well. Well, after so long, John asks Jill to be his wife, and she says yes. And about a week into the marriage, Jill's devastated because she finds out some news about John. Apparently, John, after being around somebody more than a few hours, has major anger issues and is more abusive in their relationship. And then John also is an alcoholic. And Jill thought John didn't even drink much because when she was around him, they barely even drank at all or none at all. And the reason was because on those late nights when John was out working, afterwards he went to the bar and got drunk with his buddies. And you may say, how in the world could Jill not see this coming? It's because their relationship lacked communication. She thought because she could see John for just a few hours, once or twice a week, they had solid communication. But she didn't truly know who John was. She just knew an idea of John. And now she's stuck in a bad relationship in a marriage with John. And you may say, well, okay, with my wife or my husband, I would never do that. But we do do that with Christ. We come on Sunday and talk to Christ for a few hours, maybe once or twice the rest of the week, and we think we have a successful relationship with Christ. Now, how are you going to know somebody truly if you only talk to them for a few hours once or twice a week? That's not what Christ desires for us, and our eternity is in jeopardy because of it. Christ calls us to talk to Him daily and be in communication with Him daily. That's having a real relationship with Christ. So we're going to look back into our key scripture verse tonight, which is in Matthew chapter 7. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. Now that's scary. On that day means when we go to heaven and we're face to face with Christ, we're all going to say, Lord, Lord, we did so many great things in your name. But what Christ is saying is belief alone will not get you into heaven. And churches today are a victim of watered down preaching, of watered down um, lecturing, because belief alone is not getting you into heaven. Because just because I believe something is real, I can believe in Alabama football, but that doesn't mean I know what Alabama football is. That doesn't mean I know the players. That doesn't mean I know the team. Belief alone will not get you into heaven. It's a relationship with Christ. Because the demons believe Christ is real and they shudder. So the demons believe Christ is real. Obviously, belief is not enough. And it says here, many people will say, we did mighty works in your name. So maybe we went on a mission trip. 
Maybe we attend a church regularly. Okay, well, if you attend a church regularly, that's great. And that's what we're called to do. But if you talk to Christ once a week and the other six days didn't acknowledge Him at all, then you don't have a relationship with Christ. Because the relationship takes communication. And it takes constantly sharing your life with Christ. Yes, He knows all that happens in your life, but He wants you to tell Him. He wants you to share your life, your anger, your joy, and your happiness with Him. The good times and the bad. He wants you to share it all with Him. Um, That's having a relationship. And then when you have that relationship, when you get to heaven, He's not going to say, depart from me. He's going to say, enter my kingdom. The next thing is, having a real relationship with Christ is following the commands of Jesus because you love Him. In the Jewish law back in the day, a covenant with somebody meant that you'll follow their laws because they did something good for you. Maybe they freed you from a country or something like that, and then you followed the laws of that country. You helped them out because you loved them because they did something great for you. Christ died on the cross for our sins so we can spend eternity in heaven with Him. He did the most amazing thing possible for us. So we should follow His laws because of that and because we love Him. And if you have a relationship with Christ, it's enjoyable to follow His laws. Society may say something is right, but we have to make sure it's biblically right before we follow it. We follow the Bible, not what society says. And to follow the Bible, we have to actually actually read the Bible and know what God's Word says. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. Again, communication, having a real relationship with Christ requires communication. And when you have that, you understand God's laws and you follow God's laws. That also means taking in things that are holy and pleasing to God. Just like I said in Romans 12 too, it starts with renewing your mind. What you take in comes out. And then having a real relationship with Christ is being willing to die for Him. Being willing to die for the Gospel. If you truly love Christ and have that real relationship with Christ, that means we're caring for the orphan and the widow. That means we care for the stranger and the person that's the homeless. No matter, it may be difficult, it may be hard, and we may put our life in jeopardy doing some things for Christ, but it's worth it. Christianity is not easy, but it's worth it. And so we're called to go out there and welcome the stranger. Somebody comes to our door and knocks in the daytime, instead of walking to the door and locking it, maybe we open it up and are willing to help, knowing that could mean something bad for us. Because we love people as Christ loves us. So you may say, well, that's great. How do we transform the world from that? Because the world loves the fruit that we produce. In the world, no matter if you're Muslim, Buddhist, Christian, you want the fruit produced. And you may say, what is the fruit? Well, it says here, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. And then it says, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a deceased tree bear good fruit. Thus you'll recognize them by their fruits. It's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. If you don't have that stuff in your life today, you may need to re-examine your life and say, do I really have a relationship with Christ? Because you'll recognize a true Christian from a non-Christian by the fruit they produce. If you want peace from God, you must first have peace with God. And so when you have that relationship with God and you have peace with God, you will have fruit that comes from your life. And the world, no matter who, what religion you are, wants peace and joy and happiness. And so if they see you having peace, 
joy, happiness, and self-control, they're going to be intrigued by that. And they're going to desire that. And then you have an opportunity to share why you have that. And you can share the gospel with them. It starts with having a relationship, a real relationship with Christ. And when you have that relationship, you produce fruit in your life. And the world desires the fruit. Um, so I encourage you guys today that maybe you're in this room and um, you don't have a real relationship with Christ. You come to church, but then during the week you just don't really talk to Christ. I encourage you guys to re-examine your life today. Repent possibly. And have that relationship with Christ. Say, Lord, I'm going to start that relationship today. And I'm going to start that relationship now. And I'm going to have that communication with you. And be bold and be confident as Christians to go out there and do something hard for Christ. Knowing that Christianity is not easy, but it's worth it. So today, if you have a real relationship with Christ, you understand that belief alone is not enough. And you follow the commands of Jesus because you love Him and are prepared to die for Jesus, you'll produce fruit in your life. And that fruit will transform the world for Christ. If you would, bow with me and pray. Dear Lord, thank You so much just for the opportunity to share Your Word tonight. Thank You for letting us learn that it's a relationship with You, not just belief in You, Lord, that will get us into heaven. And that relationship with You will produce fruit that the world desires, and we can transform the world for You. Please help us to leave this place changed tonight and to transform the world for your glory. In your name I pray, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.